Today's episode comes to you in partnership with Rotacloud, the people management platform for shift-based teams. Rotacloud lets managers create and share rotas, record attendance and manage annual leave, all from a single web-based app. It also makes work simple for your team, allowing them to check their rotas, request holiday and even pick up extra shifts straight from their phones. Try Rotacloud's time-saving tools today by heading to rotacloud.com forward slash fill. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Kalindi Janaja, CEO of POB Hotels and all-round hospitality champion. Coming up on today's show... Kalindi describes her experience on the show... Oh my goodness, this is, this is amazing! Phil delivers the greatest advice he's ever given... Go and get yourself a dog. And Kalindi highlights a wonderful perk of the job. Lots of food, five years of lots of good food. All that and so much more as we chat through Kalindi's story so far. If you're an aspiring CEO, then this chat is rammed full of pointers on what has put her on a successful footing. What's more, her story is another example of what is possible even when you start at the bottom. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Enjoy. And a huge hospitality meets welcome to Kalindi Janeja. Hi, lovely to be here with you, Phil. How are you doing? Very good. Yes, ready to talk. Good. Good. Well, that's a good start for a podcast, <laughs> for, for sure. Where do we find you today? That's a, a nice little room you're in. Thank you. I'm in Surrey today at home, so um, I've got the time to talk to you for a change, yes. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, well, we were talking just before we turned the microphone on, weren't we, about how it's been quite a manic period for you, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, in any case. Just tell the world who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, Well, I'm Kalindi. I'm CEO of POV Hotels. Um, People may may remember us as Pride of Britain Hotels. Um, I took over the running of the company in 2021. And since I took over, really, we've we've been through a whole rebrand to to reposition ourselves in the market. Um, and hence, we, we are now more commonly known as POB Hotels. Um, so I'm in charge of the running of our marketing consortium. We work with independent luxury hotels all across the UK and the Channel Islands. And it's a very exciting time for us. There's lots of change on the horizon and we're moving with the times. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, to do a rebrand is a kind of, I suppose, an indicator that you're ripe for change and you're ripe to move with the times and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that at some point down the line. But before we do, there's obviously a, a wonderful journey behind how you've landed here. So let's go all the way back to the beginning of your career. How did you end up in hospitality in the first place? So I I was really just intrigued and, and in love with everything hospitality because I, I grew up in Singapore. And for anyone who's traveled to Southeast Asia, you'll appreciate the standards of hospitality are often um, you know, quite paramount, really. Um, And so, you know, as a family, we traveled a lot. And I just, you know, I just thought, wow, it it was always so much fun. You know, I was so intrigued by by the industry. And I just felt it 
it naturally supported my personality. Now I'm, I'm sounding as if I'm calling myself a fun person. I'm not. I just mean <laughs> that I enjoy interacting with people, and you know, um, the, the same reason that many of us join this industry. But um, it wasn't really supposed to be hospitality. My, you know, I think initially I was I was about to go into law or or accounting, which really right. wouldn't have been right for me. Was that driven by uh, parents, by peers, by yourself? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I, I come from a family of, you know, my, my sister's a surgeon, um, you know, got quite a lot of lawyers in the family. It just felt like that what I would call perhaps, you know, the, the traditional professions were what was perhaps expected. Um, so it was perhaps a little bit controversial when I decided, no, I want to do hotel management. You know, everyone thought, what? Why? Yeah. Um, so took a bit of Get out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, kind of, actually. actually. Really? Right. Yeah, it was a bit like that in the beginning. But, you know, I think I've, I've always said I, I really um, feel if you're doing something you love, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll do well at it. And I, I, I hope I, I um, well, I, I believe I, I do what I love every single day. And so I've not really looked back. Yeah, 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 absolutely. OK, so the, um, the interest levels were there and you started off on the journey to, to study hotel management. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much um, a traditional route, really. Um, I did hotel management. And while I was doing my degree, you know, I decided to to also fly for Singapore Airlines at the time. Um, it was a way to really travel the world and some money. And... Not as a pilot. <laughs> no, no, not no. <laughs> as a pilot, unfortunately. Um, as as cabin crew, all those 20, I think it was 21, 22 years ago now, I think it was. Right. And um you know, service standards were, were so high, you know, the expectations were, were huge. So that's really where that intro began. I did that for two years. And then really, it was hotels that was the career I wanted. Yeah, I think at, at that time, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm. Singapore Airlines, I mean, really from now until then and beyond, I, I guess they've always hovered, if you can use that, is that a flight analogy? It's not really hovering, is it? But well um, around kind of within that top five airlines in terms of service standards, there's a few that always kind of get in each other's way, but um, but ultimately they're always kind of up there as the as one of the best. Yeah, it was the best airline at the time. It was not easy to to get through. It was really difficult. It was seven interviews. Would you believe? Wow. Um, is that just face face to face interviews or practical both. assessments? Right. Yeah, both um, of those. And it was considered quite, you know, quite a thing if, if you got it. And yes, the training was rigorous, you know, from, from everything to, you know, the, the perfection of, you know, where a spoon is placed when, when something's put down, you know, every little detail. Um, and that's perhaps where the attention to detail was was instilled quite early on for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had um Actually, I think it was on the other podcast I'm in that I run. I had a lady on who's a, a member of the Royal Household's foot, footman team, if that's what you call them. I can't remember. But um, she came up with a great statement, which I thought is absolutely right and relevant in that once you've learned attention to detail, you can't unlearn it. And you really take it forward with you with kind of everywhere that you go. 
I think so. I think anyone I've worked with would would probably support that about me. And and it carries through into your personal life as well, right? Um, when we're entertaining friends or um, anything we do at home, yeah, I, I would I would agree with her. Great stuff. So you were with Singapore Airlines for how long? Um, it was just two years. Um, it wasn't something I wanted to do long term, but as I said, it was it was a good starting point. Yeah, and, and I suppose uh, widened your eyes a little bit maybe to the world and in terms of where were you kind of flying to? Mostly um, long haul, so it was always international. I was in, I was actually between London and Singapore the most, I'd say, um, but but everywhere, Japan, Australia, um, the Americas. Oh, sounds terrible. Mm, yeah, it was very hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't doubt that it was when you're when you're on and switched on up there for 11 hours at a time or whatever then um mm. yeah it's um you've regardless of whether you get your break or not you've still got to be kind of in tune with what's going on indeed yeah okay so um what happened next well then i i got into hotels so i first started off uh, working on property and that my my early few years we were working on property for for bigger brands such as hilton and then i got into working on the agency side of things so um i worked with an agency for about 11 years where we did outsourced sales marketing and pr for luxury hotels around the world and and that's really where i got to work with perhaps you know almost up to 30 to 40 hotels globally and it was a lot of fun you know really seeing what makes the independent hotel sector tick um what works what doesn't quite a lot of travel and then after that um i went on to work for relay and chateau for about 5 years um when i first joined them i was looking after uk and ireland and then was promoted to look after certain other regions around the world as well and um it was it was a wonderful time some wonderful colleagues again a lot of travel it's a wonderful brand as well uh, yes. to to be associated with it was and you know there were a lot of uh, you know, pinch yourself moments where you were really sat next to celebrities or people that you looked up to your whole life, um, you know, um, chefs with with three stars or, you know, hoteliers who, who are real visionaries and have created something really quite awe-inspiring. So I, I felt very privileged and lucky to work with, you know, really the, the best in the industry, I'd say, globally. Uh, and um, really, really enjoyed my time there. And then that that's really when the, the POB opportunity came up, which was um, back in um, early 2021, just as we were coming out of the pandemic. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I think it all businesses and all companies had pressed the reset button at that point, hadn't they? Really, and probably all humans as well around what's uh, what's important and and kind of what business came before is almost you know not relevant to how we move forward uh, in the uh, in the post pandemic world. Yeah, it was you know the positive um, of it obviously is the fact that that mentality of doing something just because we've always done it was was out of the window and I've never been a fan of that. I'm you know I'm I feel maybe it didn't work before. Let's try something different. You know let's let's um, explore ideas. And I think that's really that big mindset change that everyone's had that you know we we can try something different. We have to yeah. try something different. 
So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you've you've skirted over your career very quickly there. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to okay, um, that's, that's... we'll 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 get we'll come back to now. I, I genuinely want to talk about this because I I I, I think what you're doing is is fantastic. But I kind of want to understand a little bit more about the the journey and the decision making process as to how you've kind of ended up here. So. From studying hotel management, you went into uh, on property and in what capacity? What were you doing um, within property? It was sales and marketing. It was was that something that you kind of knew early on that that, yeah, that's the thing for me? Yes, in a way. I often look at myself as a hybrid hotelier and marketeer. You know, I've always had a passion for that creative side of things. Um, I, I love everything about marketing. And so I think having that blend off of the two was was always what I felt was right for me. Um, so, you know, working on the commercial side of the business quite early on, and, and then it just progressed quite organically. Yeah. So it started as a sales and marketing executive manager yeah executive I was manager within six months um then I moved I was um assistant director of sales pretty um and and marketing pretty pretty quickly and then when I moved on to agency the role was slightly different because we were basically account managing certain hotels globally and so the capacity in which you worked on them would vary, whether it was more sales focused or marketing or whatever. So, you know, it was always commercial yeah. Um, driven. Yeah. Right. And from being on property and then making that transition into agency, was that a conscious decision that you always knew you wanted to do? Or was it just one of those things whereby an opportunity presented itself and then you thought, oh, do you know what? That sounds quite cool. Um, yeah, no, it was not conscious. It actually came about as I fell in love with the hotel. Um, you know, I, I at back in those days, um, you know, one Aldrich was was quite a new hotel. It was, you know, really pioneering the boutique hotel scene, I'd say. Um, yeah. And you know, I went to see it um, in the early days and just fell in love with it. And I thought gosh, if only I could work with this hotel. And then I found out that actually it was outsourced. And and so it was for the love of one Aldrich that it all sort of began. Right. And and then I pretty much through my time um, on agency side, you know, worked very closely with with one Aldrich. But yeah, it, it perhaps started that journey. And then I realized, actually, I love this because I get to work on so many properties and, um, you know, learn so much. hats. Yeah. Yeah, because I suppose within the independent marketplace, you've got all the independent hotels that you might be associated with on each other's doorstep, but then you've got different territories, different different territories within territories, and, and all of the nuance that comes with all of these individual focused. And of course, none of them have the, I suppose, the the big brand power of a Marriott or a Hilton or something like that when it comes to being able to do things like reservations and sales and finance and all of that kind of stuff. And I suppose from your perspective, correct me if I'm wrong, it was almost a case of you you didn't know what you didn't know. That like it's you didn't really fully appreciate that this even existed as a thing to do. Um and then it was presented to you and it's almost like, well, this sounds quite cool. Yeah, I think so. I think um 
what I've always done is I've, I've, I've really appreciated the present every single time, you know, every time I've been in a role, I've, it's been about, I want to do this to the best of my ability and I want to enjoy every day of it. The moment it reaches a point that it's not giving me that joy that I don't wake up every morning, loving it and wanting to do it better, then I think it is time to move. Right. I think that's, that's just the way I've looked at it. And I think I, my view on it is that if you're doing something well and you're enjoying it, you will progress and it will take you further. And I just think that's how that's how I look at my journey. That I think it's it's organic, but there is um, you know there's there's hard work that's gone into it, and there's I, I haven't manipulated the path, but I feel the parts have been carved because of the work that's gone into it. Absolutely. And then moving into agency. Uh, which organizations you had really Chateau did you work for another organization as well yeah so before Relly and Chateau I worked for pineapple marketing for for 11 years right okay and what, pineapple marketing I've never heard of that's my sin not to no, not else's, at all but... um it was conscious because we were always in the background it was about putting our properties forward when when I was with them which is why you would know the hotels we worked with um, it wasn't about pronouncing ourselves in the market. Um, so we worked with, for example, um, as I already mentioned, One Aldrich in London, the Goring um, Dukes in London, in um, New York. We, we worked with the Plaza Athene, um, the Mark, lots of properties in, in God, this the... like a who's who. Of yeah, you know, hotels. yeah, it was it was lovely. And, you know, there were hotels in Asia and um all over really so it was it was great exposure and I worked with um two wonderful people who, who've taught me a lot but um you know I worked with Andrew Wall and, and Jackie Cowell very closely um dear friends and were just um brilliant to work with for all those years yeah and I suppose that's the thing you spent 11 years there then you know the as somebody who has professed that you know unless you're getting out of bed in the morning and thoroughly engaged and and love what you do then you know to be to stay somewhere 11 years is a hell of an achievement these days um so they must have been feeding you everything that you needed in that time in your life they did they absolutely did i progressed loads i got to work on lots of exciting clients um over the years and um i did my cim the you know the marketing professional qualification during my time there um i also had shares in the business so you know it was it was constant progression and excitement and you know and then when when new opportunities come about then you know 11 years is a good time to to move on yeah absolutely and at this point in time in your life did you have were you setting goals around becoming a ceo um or <laughs> is that yet to come no i had never done that you know i i am a planner as a person i do i do plan things it's just my natural self but when it comes to my career i've never done it in that way i've just I've just always felt I, I, I want to keep adding value. You know, that's the only way I've looked at it. So I'd actually never said at that point that I wanted to be CEO. But incidentally, this was a really, it's, it's funny you bring this up because I, I, I haven't thought about this. But when I was with Rally and Chateau, there was, you know, during COVID, we were working really long hours. We were delivering loads. And 
um, one evening I, I sat with my husband um, in the evening enjoying a glass of wine and he said um, you know how's your day and so on they said oh you know it's really good Do you know what maybe one day I should be CEO I love multitasking and I said it as a really flippant comment away comment yeah and and actually two weeks later was when the POB opportunity presented itself so it was just quite bizarre yeah is it serendipity is that what that is I think so yeah yeah just by throwing out this comment into the world you you threw the idea into into the air (laughs) Well, who knows? <laughs> yeah, but um, Relly Chateau are one of those brands that, uh, certainly from a personal perspective, as a as a traveller, as somebody who loves to see the world, generally I can't afford to stay in Relly Chateaus for more than one or two nights at a time. But I always, if if I always see that there's a restaurant that I want to go to, and it's associated with Relly Chateau, that it's just like yeah, book it, but like yes. <laughs> I'm far more likely to be able to experience lots more Relly Chateaus through the restaurants than I am perhaps the rooms. But uh, but nevertheless, you kind of just know that there is going to be this level of expertise, professionalism, luxury, you know, just attention to detail, all of the things that you want if you're looking for a really wonderful experience. A very quick word, if you'll permit me. Providing great customer service is all about having the right people in the right place at the right time. And that's exactly where our sponsor, Rotacloud, can help. Rotacloud makes managing your team's rotas, attendance and annual leave easy. With its simple drag-and-drop planner, you'll be creating rotas for your team in minutes. While its built-in budgeting tools mean you'll know exactly how much you're spending on staffing before sending the rota out. One Rotacloud customer actually reported that they'd gone from spending 25% on their monthly turnover on wages to spending just 19%, all thanks to Rotacloud's intuitive rota planning software. So do your business a favour and head over to rotacloud.com forward slash fill to start your 30-day free trial and find out how much easier organising your team can be. Now let's get back to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a wonder that I'm not the size of a house because I ate um, <laughs> my way through my job, surely. Um, you know, yes, uh, some incredible restaurants, um, as I mentioned earlier, some of, like, some of the best chefs in the world. Um, so, you know, really had the opportunity to dine in uh, multiple um, restaurants where you're literally just, you know, you take, I, I am a foodie, so I do get excited by that these helps. things. Yeah. yeah, um, it helps. And and so there were several moments where you just have to stop and really just, oh my goodness, this is this is amazing. Um, so so many of those moments and yeah, lots of food, five years of lots of good food. Yeah. I think in, in a job like that, they're also probably single handedly keeping gym memberships alive um <laughs> as well. Because <laughs> then it's guilt free, isn't it? If you're if you're offsetting all of your wonderful food experiences with you know half an hour a day an hour a day whatever in the gym then you know you can eat what you want absolutely it's all about balance (laughs) it is all about balance brilliant right well yeah pob or it was pride of britain at the time um you were obviously responsible for the the the, the rebrand as it were now how did that come about because obviously you you just you gave us a lovely insight into the fact that it, it it literally came out of nowhere so this was a I assume somebody called to say this is this is on. What do you think? Uh, rather than you going outwardly looking for it, as it were. 
Yeah, I was in a job that I loved and wasn't looking to move. Um, but equally, opportunities like these don't come about that often. And I got a call from someone who said, look, there's this opportunity. And I just think the job description is, is it's, it's as if it was written for you. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, my goodness, it is actually describing my current job description. <laughs> We have we have a new visitor on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's staying in, by the way. There's no way I'm editing that out. I love dogs oh, being Phil. making appearances. <laughs> <laughs> that's my chocolate cockapoo. Bless. Um, yes. Um, where were we? Um, oh, yes. How 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 the role um, came about? Yeah, I, I read the job description and I thought, yes. Oh my god, this this pretty much actually described what I was already doing, but obviously with the possibility and the independence of actually leading an organization. So um, it intrigued me and, um, and I thought I've got nothing to lose. So I, I went for it. And yeah, it was, um, it was, it was certainly, as you can imagine, a thorough process. Yep. <laughs> um, but to go back to, you know, you, you mentioning the rebrand and, and how and when and so on. Um, incidentally, my final interview was was to to the entire board and I had to present my vision if you like and, and where I'd like to take things and actually um, I'd already conducted an audit on the business and I knew where you know if if I was to take it on what I wanted to do with it and so I presented that to them and actually what's been really interesting is I sat with my team couple of months ago and we've looked at my presentation to the board for my interview we've actually achieved all of those things really are yeah. you retiring now then no it's the <laughs> beginning it's the beginning as I keep saying you know it was yeah. it was the initial vision which gives us the foundation to now go on and do lots more I love that because I think uh, I'm a recruiter by day, as most people know, and um, and obviously a lot of times through recruitment processes, candidates are asked to put together a presentation presentation as to, I don't know, how they would handle the first 100 days or something like that. What would be your vision for the business for one year, three years, five years, all of that kind of stuff. And a lot of times, and this just happens because people want the job so badly, is that the uh, the presentations can be made with a view of I think this is what they want to hear. This is not coming from what I genuinely believe to be the the thing. And sometimes it works and people get the job on it, and that's great. And then you know when you're in, you can kind of set to work and make stuff happen. But what I, I love about that is is that it actually you know there's a this proper alignment there. That's you you had had the vision, and it's kind of this is what I think. And then ultimately, if they turned around and said, thanks, but that's not actually what we think, then, you know, no problem. But at least you're being authentic and at least you're being absolutely true to yourself. I think there is no other way I've realised over the years or perhaps one of the biggest lessons I've learned is to just try and be as authentic as I can. And anyone who's worked with me, um, uh, particularly recently, will will see that. I always say it like it is and I won't necessarily paint a picture or a story because you want to hear it. You know, I will stick to the facts and what, what I know or believe is is right for the brand or the direction we're taking. And I feel that if you're if you're ultimately doing it for the right reasons and you're being authentic, 
you will get the support. There, there is no other way. And so, yeah, it's it's just been about being 100% open and honest and authentic. And, and you know, perhaps there were things that were brought to the table that were controversial. There, there were. But if we've been able to substantiate that with results and positive outcomes, then, you know, it's worked. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, you, you took over from... A bit of an industry legend. Indeed. Um, was that a little bit? This is the second time I'm asking this question on the podcast, but I love the question, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns. <laughs> is was this a little bit like taking over from Sir Alex Ferguson at Man United? <laughs> Somebody who's been there for so long, done so much, and you know, it's almost like okay, well, it feels like maybe the only way is down from here. I don't know, but the um, <laughs> but I suppose you also had maybe the benefit of the timing around COVID, et cetera, to, to allow a kind of a very natural reset in the in the process? I think that my predecessor and I are so different and our view and um, vision on the, the way forward has been so different that it's been right for the time um, for our organisation. And yeah. Um, you know, we had when I took over, we had wonderful equity in the brand, and and you know, we we've done some incredible things for that time. And I have come in and changed a lot. Um, most things that we do, the direction is very varied, but it's also what's right for now and the way forward. And so a lot of respect and kudos to to both of my predecessors um, for what they did to date, um, which perhaps is what made the job all, all the more attractive for me, I'd say. But um, no, I think we each carve our own path. So that's never phased me. I've never felt nervous around that or... or or worried about that because I think I've so believed in the direction we want to take. And actually, if the direction for the brand wasn't going to be one of change, then this wouldn't have appealed to me. No, no I'd, I'd, I'd love that. And of course, I'm just kind of... No, I'm loving it. <laughs> just pulling your leg a little bit. But, um, I, you know, I think that comes back to your authenticness as, uh, again, doesn't it, really? That, you know, the this is... You've made the presentation. This is what I, I I think and where we need to go. And if they decide that that's the the, the right call for for leadership in the business, then then away you go. We were again. We were talking about this before we turned the microphone on. But actually, one of the uh, one of the many reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast was was centered around the fact that you're you're a first time CEO. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to kind of just explore a little bit about that transition if there is such a thing from going to not being a CEO and then being a CEO. How, yeah, how, did, that, how did that kind of manifest itself? I think it's that ultimate accountability is, is really where the biggest change arrives, um, in my opinion, where every decision from the smallest to, to, you know, big banking decisions, for example, you know, when, when the buck stops at you, really. I think that's really where I found the biggest change in, in, in being CEO um, and, and feeling that 
accountability. I think particularly for a business like ours, which is um, built on membership. And so ultimately, I do feel accountable and answerable to anyone who is part of our membership. Um, I want every member to be happy. I want everyone to feel that they're seeing value in what we're delivering for them. And one of the biggest changes I've hence wanted to to bring to the table, and we have now um, reached that point, is complete transparency in everything we do and you know so every shareholder every member feels this is this is why i'm a member of this this great um you know consortium um so yeah it's that whole accountability piece and that that pressure that i feel comes with being a ceo okay and um how long are you in the job now about two years? Um, yeah, it'll be two years in October, so a year and a half at the moment. Right. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. And have there ever been any any moments where you've thought to yourself, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, m- many, yes. Yeah, daily, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, all the time. Um, I think that's only natural, particularly when you're making very, you know, difficult decisions. Um, you, you, I, I always question myself, always go back to thinking is, you know, what's the end goal? Um, not, not to waver from that, to, to really think things through. And there've been some pressure points. There've been some difficult situations. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I, I just, I suppose that's natural, isn't it? I mean, it, that is inevitable in business that there's go, it's not going to be one plain sailing upward trajectory of success. You've, it's how you navigate all of the the pressures that can be planned for and the what the stuff that can't be planned for absolutely and it perhaps makes you enjoy the successes more because you know what's gone into it so you yeah and equally it. you know that in any moment i suppose that something could come and pull the rug uh, a little bit and you have to regroup and figure out new new ways and means of doing things yeah agility absolutely yeah i think that's that's got to be I would imagine for most CEOs out there, it's got to be part of the joy of the job. I would have thought, isn't it, that you're you obviously are not a, a, an island when it comes to how a business is operated, and equally, you don't have all the answers yourself. But it's, I suppose, how you're able to give the the business the and all of the areas within the business the best chance of individual success, leading to a wider team success. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that sort of juggling and, and, and the ability to, to really manage multiple projects at once, multiple tasks at once, and, you know, moving from perhaps, um, you know, doing, doing your budget one moment to, to reading legal documents to, to the actual marketing or where we're heading as a brand, you know, it's, it's, it's no one day is the same. And I think most CEOs probably thrive on that varied ability that the job brings. Absolutely. Um, what's next? Where, what direction are you heading in? What are the plans, if you can reveal any plans? Yeah, sure. Um, so we've obviously this earlier this year, we, we launched the new brand and that's been really well received. We're delighted with um, the feedback we've had and actually feedback aside, um, the numbers are speaking for themselves. So we're now just three months into our new brand and website and, and gift vouchers and, and all of the new solution that we've launched. And actually, we've never seen numbers like this. You know, we're in some 
spaces of the business we are 400 up in some wow. um yeah so it's it's good so now um what i feel is that sense of responsibility that this is sustained long term and in order to ensure that all of these uh, beautiful results are sustained we're constantly evolving and checking and monitoring and tweaking um, on a daily basis we're also looking at exciting plans each quarter to make sure that um, the brand remains constantly relevant and constantly um, front of mind for everybody so so there's a lot to come uh, we're particularly working on a campaign at the moment which is going to be all about showing guests how to really fall in love with the British Isles again, really, um, if you already know the British Isles well, to to rediscover them, um, you know, to go to places and really immerse yourself in slow travel. So that's our big thing at the moment um, that, that we'll be going into market with. Yeah, and I would just add to that, if uh, go and get yourself a dog. And because <laughs> yes. honestly, we, we got a dog and we've never seen so much of the UK. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's funny you say that as well, because we, we can see that guests, um, you know, our, our audience is traveling with, with dogs a lot more. Um, we launched TikTok earlier this year and we did a video with with dog friendly hotels and it went viral. You know, really? we had almost 100,000 views um, of that video. And it's, you know, there's, there's certainly a demand for that. And, and yeah, it's, it's lovely to take your pooch on, on a break in somewhere in the UK. Oh, without question. And she is, a, a, you know, for all, all intents and purposes, she's a, a member of the family. So we, we like to eat with her, not yes. at the table. But um, yes, I, I was going to ask about the technicalities of that. Yeah. Eat yes. with her. How does that work? Yes, attached to a very short lead. Um, <laughs> yes, around the table leg. She is a beagle, so she will eat anything that comes within. Oh yes. Yes, within a, a, a couple of feet of her nose. But yeah, I. But you know, I suppose that's also just that's adapting to the marketplace as well, because I've definitely seen an uptick in more dog-friendly places, and that's inevitable. That trends will come along. That you can't just, I suppose, let these things pass you by, can you, as a business? Absolutely. And I think uh, one of the things we've noticed as well is post-pandemic, people are staying for longer as well. Um, you know, over 80% of our hotels are out in the country. They're not, you know, and, and uh, we do have city properties, but we have a lot of country hotels. Um, and so they, you know, quite naturally have that offering um, and people do want to travel with their dogs. So, yeah, we've, we've got lots of options for that. Um, so you definitely need to plan um, your next break with us. I'm going straight on the website after this chat. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Well, I mean, a great journey so far. Uh, I still feel like, I mean, you're you're kind of in your, you've achieved so much already, but it's, as you said, you're just getting started, really. So what you've been able to do, I suppose, in the time you've been there is just, is that reset button has been pressed. There's a new direction of travel. Uh, there's new energy around that. Let's go with that. And then let's continue to evolve and expand as, a, a, as appropriate. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So no regrets then taking the CEO position? Never, no, none whatsoever. <laughs> no, that's great. And, I, you know, I think hopefully there, are, I think your journey has been 
really interesting to hear because you know you're you've you've kind of done the it's not a, a, a your kind of average everyday journey you know you started out at the very beginning at the very not the very bottom but you know you you've kind of done your hard yards as it were in terms of front facing and and all of that you've figured out what drives you and the thing that really kind kind of ignites you and you've your your career has excelled because of that uh, well not just because of that I think you probably had a little part to play in that as well, well thanks for that yeah. <laughs> but you know I think it, it highlights the importance of finding that thing that really ignites you and I, 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 that to me is pr- probably the most important part of what building a career in hospitality is about is once you've done that the world is absolutely your oyster completely you know i i think it's not a career for for everybody but if you are somebody who 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 has that passion who enjoys food and travel and and being around people creating memories you know sharing um then then this industry just has so much to offer and you know your days won't be mundane you'll have um every day will be different and and i think the best thing is you know that our industry offers so much career progression. We have so many stories out there of um, managing directors or or, um, GMs or even owners who started off as perhaps a waiter. My my own journey, you know, I started from, from scratch, you know, I worked my way up. And so I think, you know, there are not many industries that can take claim of that. So yeah, very, very proud to be part of this this great industry, and 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 it's great to see now um, so many young people choose it, choose it proudly as a career choice as well, which wasn't always the case. Um, I feel when I was younger, you know, you sort of sometimes fell into it. It wasn't often a choice for many at that time, so it's great to see that change. Yeah, totally, and I think that you know that's fundamentally why this podcast exists is to shine a light on the wonderful journeys that exist and no no journey is the same and everybody has their own quirks and differences that that you know adds real color to that you know tapestry of hospitality that 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 we live in there's no right or wrong way to progress there's just your way and but i think you know you you fundamentally get the thing that drives you and then add in your own drive into that equation. And um, yeah, I mean, you can absolutely fly. Yes. We want to yeah. see lots of that. Yes. Lots of people flying. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. If um, if people want to reach out to you to learn more about POB or you and just chew the fact generally about your career, what's the best method for them to do that? Um, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So that would probably be the best. Yeah. Fantastic. Kalindi, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real joy to chat. I look forward to, to seeing what the next phase of the journey at POB takes hold of. And, uh, and equally, I shall let you know when I've booked my next accommodation. Yes, you must. I'm going to be on your case to make sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for having me, Phil. I really enjoyed myself. Fantastic. Great stuff. Take care. See you soon. Bye. Bye. And there we have it, an inspiring journey there from Kalindi demonstrating another great career story so far along with some great takeaways. We'll be back as usual at 8pm next Wednesday for another story from hospitality so until then, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.